Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year-long crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible. We'll include excerpts from his spoken ministry, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies, you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the Scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. God's eternal purpose is to have a building, and the center of that building is the altar. You've tuned in for a very special radio program today on the altar in the building of God from Ezekiel chapter 43. This is a picture of the cross of Christ, apart from which we cannot have the church. This is Matt Miller with Ron Kangas, and why is this altar from Ezekiel chapter 43 so special? I hope you realize that you're asking a huge question. I do. Okay, then I'm comforted that uh, you know we're heading into... The deep thought and mysterious way of God. Uh, According to the entire revelation of the Bible, the center of God's economy and purpose is Christ. Christ himself, in his person and with his work, is the center. But Christ is inseparable from the cross. For this reason, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2 that He came to Corinth knowing nothing other than Christ and Christ crucified. And we see in Colossians and in Ephesians and other central New Testament books that the cross is the center of God's governmental operation in the whole universe. He governs everything through the cross. With this in mind, we can reflect upon the significance of the altar being at the very center of the temple compound, uh, as described in Ezekiel. Uh, We'll get into this as the program unfolds, but to anticipate, the altar is the center, and spiritually speaking, it is the center of the whole universe, the center of God's dwelling place, the center of our contact with God, the center of our experience of Christ. And It is common for believers, honestly, to avoid the cross experientially. And not long ago, I heard someone, supposedly of repute, say that Christ already died on the cross. Why do we need to apply the cross and experience the cross? But let me round out this introductory word this way. Because the cross is the center of God's operation in the universe, it is his way to solve all problems, and his way to release himself as life from within a crucified person. If we experience the cross under the vision of the cross, we will experience the practical termination of everything in us 
and related to us that is contrary to God and to God's will. And on the positive side, we will know the released God, the released resurrection life, typified by that grain of wheat in John twelve twenty four. However, if we avoid the cross, and much worse, if we become practical enemies of the cross, or for whatever reason do not experience the cross, then in our practical experience, we will not have God. We will have the flesh, the self, the natural life, the world, uh, our culture, the old creation, the divisions among humankind. We will have all of that, but none of the positive. So what I should say is it's all or nothing. The cross is the dividing line between the old creation and the new creation. At the cross, the enemy is destroyed. All the negative things are terminated. At the cross, the God who was incarnated in Christ and in principle who lives in us is released in resurrection life for God's building. So I would append this further remark. This particular program is for serious believers. It is for those who want to advance into God, and I say that deliberately. It is for those who want to go on with God to fulfill his purpose. It is for those who have received mercy to care for something more than their health, wealth, and prosperity. It is for those who love the Lord and who love his church, not as commonly understood, but as divinely revealed, the church, which is his body, his corporate expression. This message is really for the benefit of such believers. Well, Ron, that's really good. I think uh, if that opening doesn't attract some of the Lord's lovers and seekers to stay with us, I don't know what will. Let's go to Witness Lee now for his original speaking in Los Angeles, California on August 18, 1971. Now we come to the altar. Either you go in from the east side, or you go in from the south side, or you go in from the north side. If you go straight forward, you will hit the center. That is the altar. And you have to realize this altar is not only the center of inner court, but the center of the whole temple. It's the center of the whole compound. Regardless of what angle you measure it, regardless from what corner you measure it, regardless from what side you measure it, the altar is the center. As a human being, regardless you get in through what gate, you will hit the altar. Okay, God from the temple coming out to meet the human beings. Surely, he will also hit the altar. So the altar is not only the center of the whole universe, but also the meeting place of God with men. Well, he was there dying. It was not just himself. He put men upon him. When he was dying on the cross, men went to the cross also. Hallelujah. Amen. 
God and the man met together on the cross. Amen. That was a wonderful meeting. The meeting of God and man in death on the cross. Ron, the diagram in the life study really makes this picture of the altar being in the center very clear. This is really good where God meets man at the cross. Uh, This is absolutely the truth. It is the truth of the divine revelation, and it is the truth of our Christian experience. As far as the relationship between God and humanity is concerned, the earth really is the center of the universe. We're not talking astronomy here. We're talking about spiritual relationship. And to cut right to the center, the center of the earth and the center of the Holy Land is Jerusalem. Then in the center of Jerusalem, as depicted in Ezekiel, is the temple. And at the center of the temple compound is the altar. And the altar signifies the cross. So the cross obviously is not a peripheral matter. It is a central matter. This truth alone should deeply impress us, and it should cause us to open to the Lord and inquire of the Lord. Do we, in our experience with him, have the cross at the center of God's operation in us? But I like to emphasize that the altar as the center is where God and man meet. It is where God meets us in Christ, and it is where we in Christ meet God. If we could use another Old Testament picture to help us, uh, I think this would be a good idea, and that picture is the tabernacle. God in glory dwelt in the Holy of Holies, but sinful persons could not come there. They had to offer the sacrifices at the altar, which sacrifices typify Christ in his redemption. In a very real sense, the God who dwells in the Holy of Holies came out from that heavenly sphere in Christ through incarnation to meet us at the place of redemption. And even in certain Gospel songs, which I feel I can say are somewhat superficial, there is a wonderful thought that we, as sinners, needing to be forgiven, reconciled, cleansed, justified by grace through faith, where do we go to obtain this? We go to the cross. So the hymn says, there is room at the cross. We must go to the cross This is the meeting place of God and man. The cross, which is the center of the universe and the center of God's operation, is where we meet him. And we meet him here at the cross, not merely objectively, although that is the beginning. But the more we experience the cross, the more we meet God subjectively as the life-giving spirit dwelling in our regenerated spirit. 
and we pass through death and resurrection experientially in Christ, and we experience our termination, that is the application of the cross, to us, and we experience the release of God as life from within us. This is a deep, intrinsic, inward, essential, organic, spiritual meeting with the living and true triune God in Christ at the cross. This is really a a good word. And in the next portion, Witness Lee is going to talk about this wonderful picture of the altar in the Old Testament of Christ's death as uh, typified in John chapter 12, 24. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless the grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Here's Witness Lee. He went to the altar and he died there and he got himself released. He got his life released. He got his nature released. But on the other hand, uh-huh, man was there also crucified. And this death means what? Means the termination to man. Whatever man is negatively, all has been terminated there. In that all-inclusive death, all the reasons for God have been released. But all what we were negatively have been terminated. The all-inclusive death of Christ on the cross is the wonderful release to God and also a wonderful termination to us. By incarnation, God into us. By death and resurrection, we got into God. All what we were, all have been terminated on the altar. And all what God is, all has been released to us by his resurrection. Oh, God was fully released by the all-inclusive death on the cross. And we were absolutely terminated by this death. Hallelujah. I don't know how about you, I can tell you I'm through. I was through even before I was born. I got terminated before I started. Isn't this wonderful? Have you seen this? When we all get into eternity, we will say hallelujah for the altar. Hallelujah for the cross! Hallelujah for the altar, and hallelujah for the cross. I I echo that, of course. And as I was listening uh, to this word spoken 35 years ago, you could sense, I would say, the power of the Spirit. Amen. The strength of the regenerated human spirit mingled with the life-giving spirit. And not only this, I was reminded in particular of Paul's word that the word of the cross, the message of the cross, is the power of God. In the speaking of our brother, we have a very living illustration and demonstration of the cross being the power of God. That cross power, that God cross power, 
terminated us in his sight before we were born physically. And it germinated in the sense that it released the life of God to produce the corporate expression of God. If we see this, we surely will say, Hallelujah for the cross. Amen. Well, Ron, let's go on to see that the only way to enter into the genuine church life today is through the experience of the cross. Here's Witness Lee for the conclusion of today's life study. Now, the last point is the relationship of the altar with the temple. It is absolutely after the altar that you heed the temple. Strictly speaking, without the proper realization and experience of the cross of Christ. It would be hard for us to have the reality of the church life. The temple signifies Christ and the church life. It is after the experience of the altar. And this means what? This means if we are going to have a proper church life, surely we need what? We need the adequate realization and experience of the altar. We need the adequate experience of the cross of Christ. It is after we see we are true and finished on the cross. And here is the reality of the church life. Here in the temple, all together is something in resurrection. And this is the reality of the church life. The rich reality of the church life, it got to be after the experience of the altar. It is after the altar that we have the real church life in full. Well, now, Ron, we get to a point where the program is more practical, I would say. The altar, or the experience of the cross, must come before the temple, which is an experience of the genuine church. So let's finish with a a practical application of this word. And in so doing, uh, let's point out the basis in the Bible for making such an application. The vision of the altar is part of the total vision of the holy building of God. It's not something separate from the holy building of God. It is intrinsic to it. This is very important for us to see. There have been, and not that long ago, a little more than a century ago, a line of very godly persons emphasizing the crucified life, being crucified with Christ, experiencing the cross. But it seems that in the case of many, this experience was separated from God's central work to build up a corporate expression of himself, his house, the body of Christ, ultimately the new Jerusalem. The cross is the means, but the cross is not an end in itself. The goal, as Ezekiel portrays it, is the holy building of God. The goal, as Revelation, the book, portrays it, and this book is in many ways parallel to Ezekiel, is the holy city of God. The point is 
that the real experience of the cross is for the building of God. And the building of God is a term in the scriptures which spiritually means God's corporate expression with his people. That's the building. So we can look at this from two perspectives. If we have the genuine experience of the cross and are terminated and experience the release of God as life, we will have a heart for the building, we will desire the building, we will be for the building, we will care for the building, we will be in the building, and we will be the building. But conversely, if we have no heart for God's purpose to build up the body of Christ, if we have no longing, as the psalmist did, especially in Psalm 84, for God's dwelling place, if we continue to pursue private and individualistic spirituality, this indicates that at the best we have only a very limited understanding and experience of the cross. Ephesians speaks of the cross in chapter 2 in particular. And it was while the Lord was on the cross that he created the Jews and the Gentiles into one new man, which is the body. 1 Corinthians speaks much about the body in chapter 12. But that word is the product of the word concerning the cross in chapter 1. Colossians speaks of the body in chapters 1, 2, and 3, but also emphasizes the cross as the center of God's government. Romans unveils the body of Christ in chapter 12, but in chapter 8, verse 13, we have the application of the cross, and in chapter 6, we have the baptism not only into Christ, but into his death. We have overwhelming corroboration from the New Testament of this understanding of Ezekiel that the cross, which is the center of the universe of God's relationship with man, is in the building, it's for the building, and it leads us to the building, and we are burdened to release this word of the cross for the sake of the holy building of God. This is God's goal, and it is our goal. Ron, I really believe there's an echo in God's chosen people to this word that there's more to the church than just a group of believers or a building or uh, there really is not an experience of the genuine church today apart from this experience of the cross. And I treasure this program today. Praise the Lord. Thanks for coming in and being with You're me. welcome. On behalf of Ron Kangas, this is Matt Miller. Thanks for listening, and we encourage you to continue with us as we go on to talk about the holy building of God, the goal of God at the end of Ezekiel. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. The focus of Living Stream is the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China in the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Witness Lee brought this ministry first to Taiwan, then later to North America and eventually to the entire world. 
For more than 20 years, he spoke these life study messages, unveiling how each book of the Bible shows God's eternal plan. God, through Christ, wants to dispense his life and nature into redeemed man so that man would become God's expression, enlargement, counterpart, and habitation. These studies go far beyond mere doctrine and unveil a personal, practical, and experiential Christ. In these short 26-minute programs, we summarize and condense Witness Lee's rich speaking. But to enjoy all the riches in these messages, we hope you'll visit our website at lifestudy.com. There, you can read all of the Life Study messages absolutely free of charge. You can even create your own Life Study reading schedule or download more Life Study audio programs just like this one, and all at no cost. Again, the website, lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening. What does it really mean to be born again? Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born anew, he cannot see the kingdom of God. John chapter 3, verse 3. To be born anew is to be born from above, from heaven. That is to be born from God who is in heaven. The kingdom of God is the reign of God. It is a divine realm to be entered into, a realm that requires the divine life. Only the divine life can realize the divine things. Hence, for one to see or to enter into the kingdom of God requires that he be regenerated with the divine life. Scripture, John 3, verse 3, and commentary from the New Testament Recovery Version, published by Living Stream Ministry. For more information, visit lsm.org.